lesson for today. I just first of all like to thank so many of you for coming out on this holiday weekend. It's just it's good to see so many here to to love God and to express thanks for his many blessings this past week. So I thank you for that for coming. Memorial Day. I was going to start out by saying a little bit about Memorial Day from this old soldier. But so many things have already been spoken. Just, just um, a few comments, and then we'll get to our lesson. Memorial Day weekend is when we are called to remember and reflect upon those men and women who have served in our country and for those who have given their lives. A lot of times people get confused between all the holidays where veterans are thanked and hugged and everything. Just to clarify, Veterans Day is a day we celebrate all who have worn the uniform honorably. Memorial Day is a very special day that we take the time to remember just what this video said and, and what Reverend Wellman talked about. It's a time to reflect upon those families who waited at home and their loved ones never returned. It's a time when we think about those who paid that ultimate sacrifice, never knowing what the day would bring. Those who didn't, who stayed in uniform. I, I just uh, heard something about um, uh, Veterans Day is, is those who wear the uniform. Armed Forces Day is the, the active military who wear the uniform. And Memorial Day is, I'll get it right, kind of, is those who still wear the uniform. So let's remember that. And as we do, I always like to tell people during, during the holiday, just take some time. Just take a moment or two away from the picnics and the vacations and just remember and reflect that freedom is not free. And then I thought about it. We've got a whole group of people here today, and we're going to be really busy tomorrow having a good time probably. And so I'm going to ask you to join with me as I pause. Just bow my head and pause for a moment and remember what Memorial Day is all about. So let's pause for a moment. Loving God, hear our prayers as we lift up names of those we remember, perhaps some that lived right down the street from us and never came home. Help us to, to remember the price our fallen military have paid in their service and sacrifice. Lord, read our thoughts as we lift up places and experiences that come to our minds this Memorial Day. Let us remember all who made that ultimate sacrifice in service to our country so that we might maintain the values that we uphold, that we might leave a legacy, that they might leave a legacy for our children and grandchildren to remember. Let us remember 
never, ever, ever forget that freedom is not free. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who sacrificed his all for us. Amen. The military are not the only ones who have answered a call to serve. And today I want to talk about, or talk, to, I feel like I'm going to be preaching to the choir here, but I want to talk a little bit about a very special group who have been called and they have answered the call. And that special group is you. You would not be here today if you had not heard a call and answered it. Now, whether some of you are new in the faith or maybe you're still seeking Christ or whether some of you, most of you, probably all of you, have found Christ, there was something in you that answered a call to come to church today. And you have come. And I have asked the Lord to help me say the things that you need to hear and that you want to hear, especially those of you who are new in the faith. But we are called, we are all called to serve Christ. What does that mean, to be called to serve Christ? I'm going to be reading two scriptures today, two things that I think we should remember because we have answered that call to serve. Our first scripture comes from John, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. A little explanation here. Jesus is speaking, and he is, he is defining relationship. And the first thing as called people, we need to understand this relationship that Jesus call, is going to define. First, he talks about his relationship with God, and then he talks about our relationship with him. So let's listen, and I'm going to be talking a little bit as I read this scripture. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. So what he's saying here, he's using a metaphor, using a vineyard. And he says that God, his father, is the one who grows the vine. Jesus is saying he is the vine that God grows. And we're going to read a little bit further along. Guess who the branches are, folks? We are the branches. So he's, he talks a little bit about his father before he gets into our relationship with him. He said, he, God, removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes and makes it bear more fruit. He says, you have uh, already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. He's talking to his disciples there. You've already been cleansed because you've heard me speak. You've heard me talk. We have a relationship. And then he speaks to all when he says, Abide in me as I abide in you. That's our relationship with him. He wants us to abide in him. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then he goes back, because it's so important, he says it again. I am the vine. You are the branches and those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that we've learned our relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with God, 
I want to read a little bit of scripture that helps us to find the results that can take place, that can take place if we have that kind of relationship. And we're going to be looking at the second chapter in Acts. And let me preface this by saying, Reverend Jody has already talked a little bit about what we're going to see here when he talked on, um, when he preached on Pentecost Sunday, when the Holy Spirit swooped down and touched all those people who were in that upper room. And then he, he he was saying, you're going to be empowered, you're going to be changed people, and they were. The scripture that I've chosen for today to see what kind of result can come from our relationship with Jesus is, is a, a, the people responding to a sermon that Peter spoke. And we think of Peter as not being the most eloquent speaker in the whole wide world at that time, but he spoke so beautifully. And the people responded to his relationship with Christ in such a way that, well, let me read what it says. When they, when the people heard Peter speaking, they were cut to the heart and they said, Peter, they said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And listen to what Peter said. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Powerful words. Powerful words. It says later on that three thousand, so those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added. Now, you might not reach 3,000 people, but these are powerful words. It defines our relationship. It tells us who we are and the results that can take place from that relationship if we just follow it. Powerful words from a powerful book. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. There's an old, old legend that went around. You may have heard about it. When Jesus ascended back, I'm, I'm wiggling. Is it touching me here? I was told to bend this out if it started doing that. This legend Uh, says that when Jesus ascended back to heaven, I am not coming yet, Lord. Please let me finish this. (laughs) Uh, We we have a a little bit of a conflict. It always happens with me because I walk around. But anyway, Jesus ascends to heaven, and all the angels begin to gather around him to welcome him home. And then they begin to notice his hands and his feet and his side and and all the wounds that he has. And they begin to whisper among each other. And then finally, Angel Gabriel just, he just starts to talk. He says, Master, you suffered terribly down there. Do those people know and appreciate the extent of the sacrifice, your sacrifice for them? And Jesus answers, no, not yet. Right now, only a handful of people know. And Gabriel asked him, well, well, what have you done to let everybody know? And Jesus responds, I've asked Peter, James, John, and the others to spread the news. And they will tell others who will tell others until the message spreads to the ends of the earth. 
But Gabriel, knowing by now the nature of us human beings, Gabriel, hmm, you know, he's not sure about that. And he asked, Lord, what is your plan B? And Jesus replies, I have no plan B. There is no plan B. There's no alternative strategy. I am counting on them, my followers. Twenty centuries later, who are his followers? Who are the branches? Who are his followers? Who is he counting on? Yeah, there you go. We, us, we, we are his followers. We have responded to the call or we wouldn't be here today. We have responded to the call. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, the emphasis for the disciples was to continue Jesus' ministry on earth. That's our call, too. His earliest followers were being called to share with others his story. Tell the good news story. You've heard people say that. The gospel the good news. Tell about Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, and the gift that he has promised all of us who believe in him. That's what we're to do today. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, Jesus said. And we've talked about how the military answers the call to serve and sacrifice. Well, closer to home. Look up and down the pew, folks. That's, you're the ones that God is depending on, that Jesus is depending on. How in the world are we called to do that? And this is where this good book, this amazing book, this scripture, answers that question. What are we to do? First of all, examine your relationship with Christ. For branches to bear fruit, they must continually be nourished by the vine. To be fruitful, all believers must depend on Jesus Christ for nourishment. Jesus does nourish us through his love and through the way he served us when he was here on earth and serves us still through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the second thing we should think about. Accepting that gift that he promised us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You remember what Peter said when the people asked him, what should we do? What was, the, what was his answer? He said, repent and be baptized. I had a professor in college once that I remember we were talking about the sacraments, and he said something that I'll never forget, talking about being nourished and, and being in relationship with God. I remember him saying, through baptism, we are adopted into God's family. That's relationship. Through baptism, we are adopted into God's family. And through Holy Communion, we are invited to God's table to be nourished. That's a good way to look at it, too. A very good way to look at it. You have been given this gift. Now, I know. Well, actually, let me tell you, I learned something. 
Yeah, this is outside, so don't count this as time that I'm talking, okay? Uh, I learned something this past week. The hardest part of being ordained, I thought, was that lo day-long time when they interviewed you. But the hardest part of being ordained is following Reverend Jody and then Matt <laughs> when they talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, three is a charm, so I'm going to tell you just a little bit about it. You have been given this gift. When you're baptized, you are empowered. And the Holy Spirit is there for you to do great things. And as Matt said so beautifully in his service, he said, you're changed, you are transformed. Well, I'm reiterating that. If you hear it enough, if you read it enough, if you see it enough, And I know it's true. You can be transformed. You can be changed. If it was not true, well, I know it's true because I'm standing before you today. A little quiet, shy country girl growing up that was scared to talk to her neighbor <laughs> was called by God to be in service to him. And I argued a lot because I knew I had a weakness. I wouldn't dare stand in front of people and talk. Couldn't do it. It was just hard. It was so hard. I wouldn't be able to do that. But if God calls you to do something, he provides the means. And then as the years began to go by, I began to be a little more open. I'm still an introvert. I still flush. When I stand before a group, my knees are knocking together right now until I'm not going to be able to walk real good tomorrow. <laughs> but when God calls you, th there's an old saying that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Well, I am a living witness to that. <laughs> if you have nourished your relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you accept the power of the Spirit within you to do great things, you can produce abundantly. And then you have responded as you should, abiding in Christ even as he abides in you. And you will be ready to go forth and serve. You will be ready to produce much fruit. You're being called to love as God loves and to serve as God loves. That's what you're being called to do. Some of you say you're not qualified. Oh, go back and think about Mary. <laughs> think about what Mary was and what Mary tries really hard to be today, a spokesperson for God and Christ. What is God's plan B? According to legend, and if you read between the lines, according to this good book, there is no plan B. We are all a part of his original plan. We are all a part of his original plan. God has chosen us to be the branches and be fruitful and to reach out to others so that they might hear Jesus' story. 
we are to tell others, just as Peter told others about his life, his death, his resurrection, and the gift that he has promised us by way of the Holy Spirit. If you have not accepted the challenge, if you don't feel quite the right in your relationship, and if you have shied away from accepting the Holy Spirit, today's a good day to start. It's a holiday weekend, and it's a good time to start. I want to invite you to come to the altar to pray and be nourished as we sing the closing hymn. But before we get to that part, I have asked permission to just say a word or two about why I chose this hymn. And I want to thank Adam for letting us sing that today. I love this hymn because it tells a story of who we are, who we should be, and what we should be doing. And I hope it's a summary of what's going on today. I want you to, I want you to listen to me say the words. Then we're going to sing the words. And then I want you to, to take your time to read the words. And when you leave here today, I want you to live the words. Okay? Listen to the words. Listen to the words that we're going to be singing. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his love as he told me to. Jesus said, freely, freely you have received. Freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. And then he goes down and he talks about power. He says, all power is given in Jesus' name, in earth and heaven in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his power as he told me to. He said, freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name. And because all of you believe, others, others will know that I live. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, nourish us today that we might become the strong, healthy branches, that we might be the ones producing good fruit for your kingdom. You have given so abundantly, Lord. Empower us now with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love that we might reach out to others to share your story, that we might, as the 20th century disciples, pay your love forward. In the name of Jesus, amen.